Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defects Podcast. My name is Winter, I'm a comedian, and this is my show. Those that are new to the show, welcome. Those that are old to the show, thanks for coming back, guys. This is episode 99. Get a flake, get ready for the summer. Yes, that was an ice cream reference. This is with Ashley Gorman. What I love about doing this podcast is I get to meet people who've put the work in. I put a shitload of work in the last 10 years. And I just love meeting people that have really just put their nose to the grindstone and done so much. This guy has laid it all out there and has succeeded. He's just such a lovely fella as well. He's the kind of guy that comedy just happens to. We talk about that in this episode as well. He's online as Ashley Gorman and you can find him in all the places. He runs two very successful comedy nights. He runs one in South Kensington and he runs another one in Fulham. He's on all the social medias, Ashley Gorman Comedy. Go check him out there. Uh, I'm not going to talk for too long, but this is going to be a short intro for this conversation we had for just over an hour. So I hope you enjoy it and go and check him out and go and support his night. He's a lovely fella and he also runs a pub now in Tottenham. So this episode 99, Ashley Gorman, enjoy. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if I told you, I, I'm all right now, but I, I've got Corona christmas eve of all the times to get it and i live in like an old georgian house it's like quite a big house share right with like 12 people including me so there's a lot of us here and we decided on christmas eve that we was going to have we're all from different ethnic backgrounds so we decided we was going to have a thing where we bring dishes from all of our ethnic backgrounds we had this dinner christmas eve and we don't know who but one of us or a couple of us must have had the coronavirus yeah because then the whole house got sick it oh. was crazy we all had it like well there's a couple here they went to iceland and when they got to iceland one of them tested positive and the other one was negative but then a couple of days later he tested positive so they went away for a week and ended up having to stay there for two weeks because they had to quarantine Whoa. and i was in my room and i got it worse than anyone i was wrecked mate i'm telling yeah. you that coronavirus is no joke man i'm telling you like i was in bed like i felt like there was like one night i felt like i was going to die there's no Whoa. exaggeration i didn't take it serious before ever you know mm. <laughs> and then what once i think once you get it you're like this is actually happening like when it happens to you you know what i mean it's, yeah it's mad so you come the, out the other end i mean i heard that it's like a second wave of it like physically after you're coming out of the the virus itself right you kind of just feel down and you get another kind of bout after you feel you're getting better like do you know what i mean yeah i know how mine went right so mm. i was fine on the 24th because that's when i got it 25th i thought oh i'm coming down i'm saying 26th i thought oh i've got the flu coming 27th 28 29th i thought oh, i'm a bit hot you know what i mean <laughs> come new year's eve i was like I've definitely got the coronavirus. I'm gonna <laughs> oh, die. <man. laughs> yeah, I'm oh, gonna no. die. I went to like it's really crazy, right? I don't know if you've seen them. They've got these like drive-through tests, but I walked through because I don't have a car and right. I'm on a and I'm on a drink driving van. <laughs> right, right, mean? fair. <laughs> so I walked. I, I done the walk through. I walked through and sat down quickly. They give it to me within like 48 hours. I had a positive test, but you know when you just know the, the strangest thing was I've got. So I got the positive test. I think I got it on the 2nd of January and that, and then on the 3rd of January, that's when I lost my taste, lost my smell, couldn't get out of the bed. I was like, you know, like I live at the top of this house and I've got mm. an ensuite and I was so wrecked. I had to drink water from my bathroom because I couldn't get down the stairs. Oh, you know? Yeah, it was, it was bad, man. Yeah. And like you said that you feel a bit better and then you feel oh, oh, like you feel rubbish again now i'm feeling back to normal i've got a personal trainer coming around tomorrow oh so yeah we'll do some bu- 
gonna do some boxing and stuff. So like, yeah, I feel because because it, it gets in your lungs as well. Yeah, so like, yeah. my lungs, I had to wait for a week from when I started feeling better for my lungs to get better. Mm. Like just going down the stairs was a fucking killer. But now, mm. now I feel like back to normal. You feel like it's an crazy. old man, like you know, just trying to like yeah. breathe. Yeah, crazy. And like, so like, have you got asthma as well or on top of that? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help either. Being overweight, I've got asthma and then being overweight. And plus I've got a, a heart condition as well that I had year from years ago. Mm. So the coronavirus is just having a field day oh, with mate. me. Yeah, Lucky. I was his ideal candidate to mess up. Have you managed to write any jokes about it or anything? Or is it too, still too kind of new? Do you know what I've been doing, right? Like the, during the last lockdown, I was um, writing a lot. But mm. this lockdown, I've actually been because I'm doing a film degree, but I plan to do a master's in screenwriting, and my passion really is screenwriting. Mm. So I've been really concentrating on the screenwriting. Like I'm, I'm reading two books at the same time at the moment. I mm. bought 10 new books. I'm reading um, Screenwriting by Sid Field and yeah. The Art of Dramatic Writing. I can't remember the name of the author, but I'm reading that, yeah. and plus I'm writing as well, so I'm doing that. Funnily enough, the script I'm writing at the moment isn't comedy, it's a mm. drama. That's that. cool, man. Well, that's good. So, what, where are you studying this the screenwriting course? A place called My Bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's such a <laughs> oh, it's such a joke. Uh, it was actually a good university, Birkbeck University of London. Yeah. I was studying a film degree there, and then of course Corona came. They decided to put it all on Zoom, mm. and now it's just a complete shit show. You know, yeah. like it's it's no good. I'm doing it on Zoom. I was saying some a classmate of mine because we've got a WhatsApp group. I feel like everything I've learned this last year and a half, I've learned from self. Like I could, I'm self-taught. Yeah. Like I've learned it from YouTube, and I've learned it from reading the books. I yeah. don't feel like I'm getting Value a for very money, good mate. stand. No, I'm getting terrible for nine thousand two hundred and fifty pound a year. We get we are <sighs> student, and it's every student in in the country is being fleeced. Yeah, man. We are being robbed. The standard, the teaching, like oh. I'd have to record one on my phone and send it to you so Mate, you get the drift of what I'm talking about. They are yeah. literally the definition of phoning it in, isn't it, really? This is it, man. Like, they don't give a shit, do they? They're just doing their hours and getting the fuck out of there. They're so apathetic like everybody else in the world at the moment. They don't want it to be teaching over Zoom. And you're still paying the same price. They should at least cut some stuff off that uh, big chunk of nine grand there to give it back to you. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's what they should do. And also, the screenwriting tutor, he hasn't got the facilities at home. You have to sometimes watch like a few clips and mm. he was getting his mobile phone and aiming it at his son's Mac. Oh my God. And streaming it to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. Like, like was you crazy. Know, you're teaching a course which is technical. At least have, at least show that you've got some skills and could potentially work in the industry so we can look up to you so we've got something to aspire to. Like, you know, oh my God. That's uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. kind of depressing, mate. You might as well just done the masterclass. Yeah, the, I would have been. Yeah, man, that's the cheaper as well. I'm, sorry, man, I'm not making this any better. This is <laughs> this is not good. But yeah, so <laughs> how many years you got left in this course? Is it just a one year or? Um, I got a one. I got from October. I've got one more year. So next October, this October coming till July, and then that's it. I graduate. That's yeah. great. Well, I plan to do a masters. I I want to go to um, uh, NFTS National yeah. Film and Television School in Beaconsfield. Yeah. I want to do a masters there. Great. But I need to get a scholarship for that. So uh, I need to. That's why I'm trying to develop a good portfolio at the moment. Uh, have you got anything in the pipeline that you're going to be filming? Maybe you know. Hopefully, when not everything thaws out. Yeah, I mean, I'm supposed to be in a taster for this pilot i can't remember the name of it now it's mm. from rust i should know that it's from um 
this new pre-production company called Rusty Penny. Right. And I've actually got a part in that as one of the leads. Nice. I was supposed to start shooting that January, like this month, but I, I haven't heard anything from them. I've got to drop them an email. Mm. I was going to do that. And then there's another thing that I'm writing, sitcom, that we're going to shoot a taste before in like May or June. And that's with a girl that works for um, Lip Sync Productions, which mm. is a post, they're actually a big company, a post-production yeah. company. They've made like, quite a few good films that I like. Wee Man, mm. Rise of the Foot Soldier. But they've got quite a lot of stuff on there they've done. So she actually just emailed me asking me where's my first draft. That's great, man. That's <laughs> it great. Was, it was it's well over June. When is it supposed to be in by? About nine months ago. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, like you, you're so busy on social media and stuff. Like, um, yeah. but like that is only the half of it, man. I wanted to speak to you because I, I, I first met you when you like started doing all those gigs all over the place before you started up the one which we'll talk about in a bit you'd like set up a load of venues and you just started in comedy and it was going great because you got a great backstory about how you set up south kensington and then fulham comedy club and like so wh where did it start mate i was going for a divorce mm. i went to thailand during my divorce as mm. you do that's a place to go mm. cheer you up so i went for three months and the plan was to go there I was going to, I went to a fight camp, you know, one of these oh, tiger, yeah. it tiger camp. camp. Did you go to tiger camp? Uh, um, I went to one next door to tiger, tiger Muay Thai. Yeah. I went to the one next door to there. I stayed next door, but I was meant to train there. I only trained once. That's what I actually done. And um, I only trained once and ended, I went there to get fit and get mm. in shape. And I went there and just partied for three months. To get. Right. <laughs> and I was in a bar and I was, I was down and this guy come up to me and his name's Chris Kelly. He says, I see you in this bar every night. And he's like, you always seem down. He said, what's the matter? I said, I'm going for a divorce, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he said, oh, he said, oh, have you ever heard this fella called Joe Rogan? And mm. I was like, no, I've never heard of Joe Rogan in my life. He said, oh, when I was down, I used to listen to this fella called Joe Rogan. He gets these great guests on and he mm. has these great philosophies and stuff like that. So after the three months, I came back to England and I was still feeling down because I'm going for the You know, mm. I'm not, now I've got the divorce downer and the mm. holiday downer mm -hmm. on top of that. So I came back to England and, um, I started staying at my um, with my mum and my nan again, which is a downer in itself because you're back home as a big grown adult. And then I, I started thinking about that conversation I had with this guy, Chris Kelly, in, in this bar. Mm. So I put on the Joe Rogan show on YouTube. He was, he's had Russell Brand on twice, but it was the mm. coincidentally when Russell Brand went on there first or he'd just been on there. And then they were talking about comedy. And this was like about 11 a.m. in the morning, I put this on. So it was a long, old podcast. I think it was a three-hour podcast. Yeah, so it finished, say it finished at 1 p.m. I wrote my first five-minute set at 1.05 p.m. <laughs> I finished it by about what well, by about 5 p.m. And then I Googled open mic shows, right? Yeah. And, I, and it came up with that bar rumba, the Lions Den, mm -hmm. comedy car crash. It used to be run by yeah. uh, Tim... Yeah. Tim Rendell, bless him, he's yeah, now dead. Him. Rest in peace, Tim. Good man. Yeah, and then I just got on the train after not going out for ages, and mm. I just went and done my first five-minute set in Bar Rumba in that, and that day was a really good supportive crowd. And then I uh, ended up moving, this is how around about the time I ended up meeting you. So I, I, I did a couple of open mics in London, but then I moved to um, Watford, mm. to, a, to a hostel in Watford I was staying. And of course, there was only like, in Watford, and there, there wasn't anything regular, there was like yellow comedy. And then that was it, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So then I um, 
I had a background years ago when I was younger in music promotion and being a DJ. So I kind of had like the hustle and that from there. Mm. So what I've done is I approached a couple bars in Watford and we started doing Malloy's. Do you remember mm-hmm. that Malloy's? Yeah, yeah. Do, do, doing a, an open mic, a ropey open mic at Malloy's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember it well, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was such a ropey open pub It's a gig. difficult it, room to it, play. <laughs> yeah. Big time. And then Odd Fellows. Yeah. In that's, a, that's a nice little room, man. It's a nice the guy that yeah. runs it. Is such a lovely fella too, man. That is it. Yeah, yeah he that's is. five minutes from where I live, man. It's amazing. It's great, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's it. And then I, I was doing them, and then I spoke to the people at the Comedy Love. It's just the Tonic, but it's run by Stonesgate. And I spoke to the guy there, and I just blagged it and told him that I'd been going for years. And yeah. stuff. I'd been going for like five minutes, and he gave me um, a gig there, so I was doing them gigs there. Yeah. But then what happened was I ended up, for one, some reason or another, I've ended up in a hostel in Chelsea in Fulham. Yeah. So when, so when I ended up in Chelsea in Fulham, I was still a driving instructor as well. And I drove past the Hoop and Toy pub, which is where South Kensington ended up being. And I've told my pupil at the time, I had a pupil with me. I was like, quickly pull over, handbrake, mirrors, you know, neutral. Yeah. We pulled over. And I've run in and I spoke to the manager and we ended up agreeing. Like he said that he's normally got guys that do comedy there, but they're having a break for the summer because Edinburgh and it's been quiet and stuff. And I was like, I could get it really busy. In there. So we did our first show in August and it just really, um, we were supposed to only do like, well, I asked her I do five nights a week and we ended up doing seven nights a week. And because I was so far from Watford, I ended up and Hemel Hempstead, I gave them gigs to... Peter Merriman. Yeah. I gave them gigs to him. And then I just concentrated on um, South Kensington. I mean, you know, like for the first, I don't know, the first year and a half, it was hit and miss, hit and miss. Mm. By the time we got to when we had the first lockdown, March, the pandemic, like we was, we was busy all the time. It was really good. Banging. It's a banging room, man. It's great. It's uh, like, and like, I I heard that, like, you know, there was, you were going through the, like, divorce and all that stuff and, like, kind of getting through that. And uh, I mean, I heard that you were, like, you were down your luck, man, because you're staying in these hostels. And then you ended up having to stay, stay there as well in the the venue. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. That's it, man. That's it. That is, that is putting everything on the line, man. I love it. You just, like, you know, living, breathing, just, like, you know, staying in the room of comedy, you know? Yeah. Do you know, that came about a little while after. So I was at South Kensington and I was staying at... Oh, by the way, that hostel as well. Mm. I only went to stay in that hostel in Chelsea, Kensington, for a couple of nights. But it turns out that the owner was from Dublin. Of course, I've lived in Dublin. I'm half Mm. Irish. My family from Dublin. Mm. So we got along great. And he was like, oh, we're looking for someone to do comedy. And I said, you're not going to believe this. He said, what? I said, I'm actually a comedian. That's how it come about because I started doing shows at the hostel as well. He had to sack his manager and he was like, do you want to be manager? So I ended up there for two years at that hostel and I was running South Kensington. I was running the the hostel and also that's when I met this girl and she lived in Surrey. So temporarily I started going to Surrey and commuting in for the comedy at South Mm. Kent. But then the reason why I ended up staying in the comedy club yeah. she just kicked me out like no no <sighs> just after i paid her rent like she's like oh, i nice. want you out i was like yeah can i at least stay till the end of the month to pay you? she's yeah. like no i want you out tonight and i was like my family have all moved to like brighton cambridge the um general manager of the hoop and toy at the time nigel mm. he just said you know what if you want to stay in the comedy room on the floor so oh. i've got this pikachu sleeping bag you know nice. a pokemon yeah. one yeah, and yeah. i'd stay in there i'd <laughs> stay in there and then like 
sometimes I'd have an early night, you know, like the show yeah. would finish about 10, everyone yeah. would go, and because the function weren't in use, I'd get my head down about 10.30, and then I'd, then I'd wake up and there'd be all these drunk people wandering oh, in fuck. with beers, and I'd be there <laughs> in the floor like this little homeless guy. <laughs> oh, no. And then in the, mor- in the morning, you used to have to get up at 6 a.m. every day, because yeah. the cleaners would come in. They come in at six AM. The cleaners, so you, you heard your cleaner alarm, yeah, yeah. and of course there was no showers. And then oh. I, like I joined the gym, and although I, I'm overweight, I only joined the gym just so I could use the shower. And yeah. I never worked out there, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. so I was doing that for a while. And then eventually, after about six to eight weeks, I found a room. Do you know what I say to people huh. when you're going to rent a room in London, right? The, the clue is always in the price, uh-huh. you know? So this one was like £400 a month Whoa. in West London. Straight away, you know, there's something yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. And it turns out it was the landlady. She was just crazy. Oh, man. You know, so like I moved out of the comedy club yeah. and was staying there, but right. she was just like, what was yeah, the, she... Tell me some of the stories, man. What is this? I've got this landlady story for you as well in a bit, but go on, go for it, man. Uh, well, the first time she's like, I've walked in, she's gone out. I told her what I do, and she's Googled me. And mm. I used to, I don't have videos up now, but I used to have videos on Insta, mm. on um, YouTube. And she said, I saw your videos and you like it. Because if I want to call you a fat cunt, I'm going to call you a fat cunt. Right. And she said, if I want to call you a N-I-G-G-A, I'm mm. going to call you an N-I-G-G-A. Mm. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I was like, okay. And my mm. mate was like, didn't you say anything? It's actually E-R. That was a two-pack <laughs> song. <laughs> it's N-I-G-G-E-R. Yeah. <laughs> But that was a two-factor song. Yeah. Uh, I, I was referencing there. Right, nice. um, Yeah, so anyway, and my mate was like, did you say anything to her? I was like, no, for £400 a month, she can call me what she wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was, yeah. was skint at the time. It was a choice between putting up with the racist landlady or going back sleeping on the floor. That's right. And I thought, I thought I'd just handle it, you know. Yeah. But then oh, it was just, it was constantly like that. She'd have all these different scallywags around there. The final straw was, was after about, it was about six or seven months late after I've come downstairs to make a cup of tea yeah. and I've stood in shit and it was oh, human shit no. in the kitchen by the kettle on the floor. Oh. And I was just like, oh, you know what? That's a wrap for me. This is That's it. I'm getting out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I Googled Studio Flats, North London to be by my son. And now I've moved over to North Finchley near where my son lives. I actually moved six weeks into lockdown, so I've been here since April the 24th. Oh, nice and I'm happy here, man, apart from the fact I've just got corona. Oh, that's fair. Well, and you live with 12 other people as well. Jeez, that's a, that's a busy house, right? Yeah, it's a very busy house. I mean, I've got, I'm have i on the very top of the house. I've got an ensuite. Uh, it's like a studio, so it's a sweet nice. house for me. Like It's a nice living. On the middle floor, they're not on suites, but mm. um, they're rooms. And then downstairs, there's like one self-contained flat at the front of the house. Then they go into the kitchen and the lounge, just like massive open, open pan with a big island. That's that gets busy down there because everyone uses it. Yeah. And then in the back, he's even built a garden. He's even bought a flat in the back. So there's quite a lot of people here, but mm. it, it can get busy in the lounge and the kitchen. But obviously, I'm in my room most of the time, anyways. So right. we all get along as well, which oh, is nice. unusual. That's really unusual that we have parties, we give each other life-threatening diseases. And That's viruses. nice. <laughs> the herd immunity yeah, yeah. is happening there yeah, in your house. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Nice one, man. So yeah. like, what nationality you got going on in your house? You got yourself? Um, we've got me, there's a Polish couple, and then downstairs we've got a guy from Kenya, Lithuania, Argentina, Colombia, Romania, 
Albania and England and then me Irish Caribbean nice. so it's quite a mixture but I think everyone's got a shit story of like landladies right I moved from Cork to Dublin uh, years ago but in 2008 I think yeah 2000 maybe no 2007 or so and I was there then yeah yeah I was, whereabouts in, in Dublin we're living uh, whenever I say this people go you never really went to Dublin I lived in Dorky the rich part Rohini that's where I was yeah Rohini I was Rohini and then I moved from Rohini to uh, Rathgar uh, for a bit because that was but um, I, I was paying I got the small room um, for, but luckily that was the same with the cameraman who was like killing it at the time he was like 18 years old and absolutely smashing it at life had his first camera credit at like 14 and like just mate was on his way like you know and I was just like alright uh-huh. just trying to struggle trying to do comedy in uh, in like in Dublin you know and uh, but yeah so man so like you came over why did you move from Dublin? Um, what happened was I went to um, Dublin when I was I've got in loads of trouble. This is a long time right. before comedy. I used to be like a like a street kid growing up. Right. So I got in loads of trouble here. Yeah. And I was just like, I had family. I was like, I need to go sort my life out. So right. I thought I'd go to Dublin. But I go to Dublin after the Celtic Tiger, at the height of the recession. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> everyone's on their fucking arse. Like, yeah. Everyone's broke. Everyone's depressed. Like crying, you know, telling me about the good times. Yeah. And I've arrived at the bad times. It, it was just shit. Whoa. It was a shit show. Like, I got this job. I used to drive like Gaelic football teams and oh, stuff, yeah, and yeah. herding teams right. around and stuff. I used to because I used to have a, uh, a bus driving license here, so I was driving coaches in cool. Dublin. But then the work was too too far between. You know, like mm. I go ages without work. I went there first, and then thought, "Oh fuck this, I'm coming back." And then the guy said to me, the guy I was working for at the time, he was like, "Look, I've got full time work for you. Come back." Mm. So I, I came back here for like a week, and then went back there. But it just ended up being a disaster. Like, yeah. I just didn't have work. But while I was there, that's when I um, started thinking about becoming a driving instructor. Mm. So I came back from Dublin to England. And I mean, I wasn't gone that long. I was only gone like six months. So I went in 2007. I came back 2007. By 2008, I was the driving instructor. Nine. I did that for seven years before I give it up for a comedy. How you described to me when you moved to Dublin, it's like it's sort of like a gangster exchange program, isn't it? Really, like you're like, yeah. okay, I need to. All yeah. right, guys, things are getting a bit hot over here. I'm just going to go over there and just cool off a little bit in Dublin. Yeah. All right, sweet. I, uh, drive buses. Yeah I, just, <laughs> yeah, I just was involved in all sorts of stuff. We yeah. and all that, you know, like here. Mm. And then I um, was like running up huge amounts of debt. Yeah, it's I expensive. It's expensive yeah, it in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. I paid it all back, but it was crazy. And then I, I went to Dublin just to sort myself out because I knew I'd be, I, if I went there, I'd be away from um, yeah. all of that. You That's know? right. All the connections you have in, like, you know, your yeah. base. I know what you're saying. But the funny thing was, is when I went there, I ended up meeting people and I was yeah. drinking every day. And they kept trying <laughs> to give me coke. They kept trying to give me coke. And I was like, no, yeah. I've come here to get away from That's all it. of that. Like, That's yeah. it, man. Just yeah. follow me, man. What the fuck yeah. is it about me? Yeah. You can't get away from coke. That's what I've learned. It don't matter where you go. You can't. <laughs> It's, a, it's everywhere, man. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was a it was a good laugh. Even though it was a down, it was still a good laugh. Like we was drinking every day. Like mm. even though no one had money, we still had money to drink. It was one of them ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Someone would have money. I met people, made some good friends out there. I actually lived with a guy that won the lottery. Yeah, he, he won the lottery and blew it all. I met him oh. typically when he blew it all. But the good <laughs> thing was he still had this great big fuck off mansion. So right. I, I was staying there kind of like rent free at one point, you know. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, so that, that 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 was good. And there was other people in the village, like there was Bono, Van Morrison, Lisa mm. Stansfield. It was a right well-to-do village. I mean, 
I'm sure they go on podcasts and talk about me as well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but like, you, it seems to like because like you, I say you're so active on social media and stuff, putting like all your you know your stories you pop up on uh, on Facebook and this. You feel feels like you're uh, someone that stories kind of happen to. You know what I mean? Like you just yeah. like yeah, like you attract kind of crazy stuff. I do. I must do. I definitely, I must do. I, I definitely must um, attract it because, like, you know, the good thing is, well, the good mm. thing about that is people say, write what you know. Mm. And I, I started writing this script, right? And it was about something I knew nothing about. And I know I could have researched it. And then I had that come into my head, write what you know. And then I thought, you know what? I'm scrapping this and I'm writing something I know about. Mm. So I decided, so the thing, like, the project I'm working on at the moment is called Diamond, mm. okay? And basically, it's about this bus driver. He fails a random drug and alcohol test, but he has a daughter to support and rent to pay. And then he ends up stumbling across vacancy for a security driver for an escort agency. So he goes to the escort agency and he gets this job and he ends up being security driver for escorts and he ends up teaming up with one of the escorts and it ends up being a load of madness now what a lot of people don't know is the story is absolutely 100 percent true i'm the bus driver i'm the guy the, the protagonist is me <laughs> protagonist is me except he's way cooler and better looking because i wrote him that way yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 but it's like it's me basically what happened was you, you probably didn't know because I didn't tell people when I first started comedy I would turn up to the gig with like two or three girls they'd be with me and they'd be escorts yeah. I'd sit them in the front row or they'd sit and they'd, or they'd just go and sit at the bar Never. and basically they'd wait for me to do my set or do my show yeah. and then after that we'd jump in the car and go back to work and I was like their mind up it's not like CD they're not, they're not being sex trafficked mm. they're all there by choice I mean I really got to admire the hustle of an escort I'm telling you now they are so clever like there's a line in my script, and I actually nicked it from what the lady that ran the escort agency mm. said. And funnily enough, the girl that I ended up becoming really close with when I was working for the escort agency, who the script's about, the reason why the script's called Diamond as well is because the agency I worked for was called Diamond Escorts. The first girl they put me with, they said, look, there's never been in trouble for, for years. You're with this new girl as well. Her name's Abby, and she's from Dublin. And I'm mm. like, boom. I was like, sweet. That's like, you know, straight away we got a connection. Yeah. And she was she was gorgeous. She was lovely. And she was a hustler as well, mm. you know. First job we get, this is the pilot episode I wrote. This is basically what it's based on. Mm. First job we get, we're sitting there having a great crack, talking all about Ireland and mm. having a laugh. And then the phone goes off. She gets her first client, and it's down in a place called Bletchley, right? Right, So yeah. I was like, okay, this is all. But I thought, yeah, down that way. I quite fancy her a little bit now. <laughs> Even though she's just gone far, she's really nice. It's like we had a connection. Now it's really awkward. Uh. Now I've got to go and drive you to go. And, I like you. Now I've got to drive you to go and shag some guy. Yeah. <laughs> just, so, um, so many emotions was, going on. Uh, so many yeah, mixed yeah. emotions, mate. Yeah, so she was new and she was a bit unsure about it. And one of the things the person that ran the agency said, a good escort will make a lot of money but hardly having sex with any of her punters. Mm. And a great escort will make a shitload of money by not having sex with any of their punters. Right. A great escort doesn't have sex with their punters because they are hustlers and they know how to get the maximum. They know how to fleece you. If you've got £1,100, a great escort will fleece you for £1,100 and she won't even suck your dick. You know what I mean? Like, she's that <laughs> fucking... She's so wow. good at it, she can do it. And that's a great escort. And they're the ones that I mainly worked with. I teamed mm. up with the hustlers, you know, like mm. they would go in... And and they would just fleece you for your money. Yeah. But this particular story, anyway, back to that story. So we've gone to Bletchley, mm. and how it goes in, they explain to you how it worked. They're like, listen, right, 
So say to go to Bletchley, it's £130, okay? £50 goes to the girl, £60 goes to the agency, £20 goes to the driver for the first hour. Any extras is £100. That £130 includes a blowjob and straight missionary sex, right? Yeah, doesn't yeah. include anything extra. If you want to, Even if you want to change position, you've got to pay for it, yeah? <laughs> so, like, so basically... She, 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 so they explained to me, they said, OWO, that's an extra £100. GF, that's it. I'm like, what's GF, OWO? It's like girlfriend experience, GFE, right. OWO, oral without, and, and it's all right. down to the girl's description. Mm. Anal, extra £100. The extras is, is 100% the girl's money. That's nothing to do with the driver or the agency. Yeah. Any additional hours is £100, where £50 goes to the girl, mm. £40 to the agency. Ten pounds to the driver, so you're effectively on ten pound an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so so we get down to this first job. We're chatting, and I was starving. I've not eaten all day because mm. I was with this girl, and I was quite big. I was trying. I don't know why I tried to pretend like I'm fat and I don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, like I'm, I don't know. I was like shy to eat in front of her, so I didn't yeah. eat. And how it works? She goes in, she gets the money, she texts the agency, mm. she calls the agency, then she calls you and says she's okay and she'll be out in an hour. I mean, in up to an hour, because if the guy shoots his load within two minutes, it's all over and that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. They have to pay mm. again. You mm. don't get like, it's not like unlimited goes in an hour. <laughs> you don't get free refills, yeah. in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no refill. <laughs> so so on, the, on the way there, right, we see this um, Domino's pizza, yeah? And oh, I'm yeah. starving. And I'm thinking like, do I go? I thought, no, I'll leave it. I'll go. Yeah. Um, she's gone in. She said she's all right. She's got the money. Mm. I've looked at the time. I thought, well, she's going to be an hour. I thought, I've got time to get this pizza. You know what I mean? She yeah. said that she's safe. It's going to be an hour. So I've ordered this pizza. I hired a big old Mercedes for it. So nice. I've spun this, spun this Mercedes around. I'm going to get this pizza. And next thing you know, just as I get to the pizza place, she calls me and says, I'm in trouble. I need you to come and get me. Do you know what I mean? Straight away. Yeah. Now I've got to make a choice between getting the Domino's pizza or going in and rescuing the girl. I'll tell you what, I've never ate a pizza so fast in my life right? <laughs> <laughs> no no that, that's a joke that's a joke I didn't go for the pizza yeah. I left the pizza right. I, that, that's a new bit I've been working on nice. what I've done is so I've spun the car around I've gone back I've screeched up on the driveway I've run up I've opened up the letterbox right and I yeah. see the, this man and he's like quite muscular and he's got hold of her and I'm going mate let go of her I'm going to have to kick your fucking door down mate yeah. he, said, he said she's fucking shit she won't do anal now, this is 7 p.m. on a Saturday or Friday <laughs> evening. Saturday evening. There's all people still out having barbecues mm -hmm. in Bletchley. It's all quite green. There's yeah. people. And then I've had to shout through the letterbox, come on, mate. You know anal's an extra £100. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look to my left, right? And there's just this old lady putting her bin out, <laughs> giving me this look. And I said, sorry about that, love. To you, it's £50. <laughs> no, nice. And then I didn't really say that. I didn't say that. I, just, no, nice. I was embarrassed. You know yeah, what I mean? of course, so man. I took, so, so I took a step back. He wouldn't open it. I've kicked this door open. It's like one of these old kind of like glass. It's more like a back door. It's more like a back door. Mm. It's open straight away because I'm quite a big guy. It's gone flying open. He straight away come running down the stairs towards me. And I'm telling you now, although I'm fat, this guy worked out. You uh -huh. know what I mean? So I'm like, fucking hell. What are we going to do now? You know what I mean? So I've just hugged him, like threw my arms around him, put mm. my hooks into his legs. And we've fallen down this stairs, right? Bum, 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 all the way to the bottom of these stairs. Mm. And like, I'm just holding on to him, dear God. She's mm. calling the police. The girl's calling the police. Mm. 
and there's a screwdriver to my left. And I'm thinking, if I just get this screwdriver, I'm just going to try and dig in with this screwdriver. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I hear sirens, and mm. you know, it's crazy. No word of a liar. There's no word of a liar. They sent about 12 vehicles. Yeah. Whoa. 12 yeah. vehicles. Yeah. I got dragged. In the end, I've been dragged away. I'm like, what's going on? Mm. And it was a police, and they dragged them in part, dragged us apart. Yeah. It, it was just fucking, there was. Like, tw- like I said, no, 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 12 vehicles. He got arrested for imprisonment and kidnap. Yeah? Whoa, That's yeah. a serious offence. Mm-hmm. It was real serious, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I got praised as a fucking hero. They let me follow him to make a statement to um, Hitchin Police Station. Right? Yeah. And they was like, like, tell us how you met the girl. And I was like, basically, I met her on Gumtree and she was looking <laughs> for a driver and I was just driving and all that. Mm. And this was my trial shift and I thought, I'm never going to get this job. Fucking, we've all got nicked and everything. Yeah. Anyway, let me cut a long story short. We've come out the police station. The girl's been released at the same time. We get into the car and then straight away, Diamond Escorts comes up on the, on the overhead thing. And I thought, oh, here we go. I'm yeah. going to get stacked now for this. Yeah. They called me up. They'd already spoken to Abby, her name was, that was a working name, it's not a real name. Like, they always spoke to her. And it was like that bit in Goodfellas, you know, like when you didn't rat on the mafia. Yeah. So they, you just say, they, they was like, you did a good job today and all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Most important thing, you kept the agency out of your mouth. They said, yeah. can you work tomorrow night? I said, yes. yeah. And then the next night they gave me three girls. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> and yeah. then I always had three girls after that, you know what I mean? Nice. But, you're, um, you're a stand-up guy. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was all like that. <laughs> I felt like I'd been inducted into the mafia. And it wasn't like everyone was like, you're exploiting women. I'm like, trust me, they're exploiting me and other people. You don't know these girls. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I'm sure there is a CD somewhere underground trafficking, but this is a very well-established agency. These girls mm. know what they're doing. That I mean, the one girl I'm talking about in particular, she owned a house. She has a salon where she's got people working for her. She goes around the world escorting. She wow. is a hustler. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. It was always the same fucking... I got into many arguments like that, right? Mm. It was always the same argument. She won't do anal. <laughs> that was the main thing. I remember I had, an argument, I had the same argument. You know the Wardorf Hotel? Yeah. Me and this big Scottish guy, we've had a big screaming match because he's saying that he's not going to pay her the money because she won't do anal. And I'm not, and I'm having the same argument. I said, mate, it's an, we're, we're doing this in front of the security guards now. It's happening. <laughs> I said, look, it's an extra hundred pounds and you aren't paying the fucking money because 20 pounds of that is mine. If you don't give me that money, I'll break your fucking legs. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's a service, mate. It's a fucking service, okay? Yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, man. You go to McDonald's, you fucking ask for extra fucking sauces, they will give you extra sauces for a fucking price, mate. That's what it is. Oh, man. Yeah. That's funny. But then after a while, do you know what it is? I was just getting into comedy at the time. Like I said, I was bringing them with me. for, And then it just got too much for me. Because I'm not joking that you... Say you, you're on the road at 6 p.m. You pick the girls up by 7. You've got two or three girls. And sometimes it can be quiet. So you're just sitting at your checkpoint. I'm sitting there all night. And then they'll get a job. And then they'll keep extending. And I might be out, like, say, 6 p.m. tonight. Yeah. yeah, I could be out from 6 p.m. tonight till midday tomorrow oh, or 1 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, so, and then I was just feeling like rubbish. You know what yeah. I mean? I was feeling like crap. So I just jacked in the job in the end. I was like, you know what? I don't want to do it. Yeah. Don't want to do it anymore. But, yeah, it was an experience. And like I said, I've now um, I've written a show about it, you know? like nice. um, it's, I call it a dramedy yeah. because although it's a drama, it's uh, got a lot of comedy in it. Nice. You know? 
That's great, man. Yeah. In fairness, like, and you want to know when your hours finish. You don't want to be like, oh, well, I'm going to be working for, oh, fuck me, this is going yeah. on. And you like, it, that's horrible. And you just never get a good night's sleep and never catch up, man. That's uh, that's just debilitating. I mean, who wants yeah. to work for like X hours rather than you can just do uh, 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes <laughs> a night? Yeah? Uh, that's it. Yeah. yeah, man, that's great. Do you remember then your first joke that you uh, went up and did at the lines then? Oh yeah, it was awful. You know, it's a, it was a story as it goes. Now, when I think about it now, knowing what I know now, I mean, it wasn't funny. It, it, it was just an interesting story. Mm. And I tell you what, that story was like. Basically, when I was younger, like about thirteen, my mum told me that she was going to marry the Sultan of Brunei. Now, at the time, I didn't realise my mum had mental health problems and stuff <laughs> like that. Like. But I believed her. Yeah. So I believed her. Like she was going to marry the Sultan of Brunei, who at the time was friends with Michael Jackson and the richest man in the world. Yeah. yeah? Right. At, at that particular time. And everyone's like, well, why did you believe her? And I was like, well, let me break it down like this, right? When you're a child <laughs> and you believe in Father Christmas, mm-hmm. okay, you go to bed and there's no presents under the tree, under the tree. And then you wake up and there's loads of presents under the tree. You're presented with all the evidence that he's existed. And that's, all been brought to you by your parents or your guardians you believe them like when you lose a tooth right you put your tooth under the pillow right you go to sleep you wake up and there's like 10 pounds there under the pillow you know what i mean so there's all the evidence that the tooth fairy and father christmas exists now throw on top of that (laughs) that your mum's gonna marry the sultan of brunei come on there's one one guy there's one there's a fairy that flies a fat guy that rides reindeers and gets down chimneys and my mum's going to marry the soul of the Brunei. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's pretty, like, you know, it's yeah. not that unbelievable if you believe the other two. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's a ramp so up to them. it. Like, there's a and, ramp uh, up, isn't there? Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it just was just, I believed it. And, uh, it was crazy because I started messing around at school, not going to school. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm going to be rich. Why don't I want to go to school? <laughs> Have you ever seen Coming to America? Yeah. Coming right. to America. So I thought I was going to be like that. I thought when I was going to mm. land in in the island of Brunei, because she said we was going to go and live there. We had a date, a moving date and everything. Hmm. <laughs> wow. I That's thought there was going to be this ceremony where they now pronounce me Prince Stinkovich, like a knighthood, you know, like, <laughs> I thought I was going to have them servants, you know, like in coming to America, the yeah. royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought well, that was, so I'm like, fucking yeah, I'm about to that life. I said, fuck school, I need school. Just told that story, basically, yeah. about that, how, um, she had your hook line and sinker mate that's it but yeah and then it didn't happen oh man yeah and then it didn't happen and yeah. i was just and i was just gutted you know what i mean i was just gutted i used to tell it and it wasn't funny looking back yet it didn't actually have like a punchline to mm. it right but then i did retell it i think it was on like my third year in comedy i retold the story but i set it up like this like i was at a gig one this is a true story i was at a gig one day and this comedian come up to me at the end and he was like, you know what, actually, I ain't even going to lie, bro. He's like, from look, he's only ever spoke to me on Facebook, like just mm. typing. He's never heard me speak. He said, from looking at your pictures to meeting you in real life, you bear don't talk like how I thought you were going to talk, you know. You talk bear cockney like a Danny Dyer, innit? Yeah. You're talking like a Phil Mitchell, innit? So he said <laughs> that to me. So basically, I, so basically, eventually, when I really told, I set it up by telling that story. Mm. And then eventually at the end of, I told the story of the Sultan of Brunei on stage. And then I said, but how it really ends is the Sultan of Brunei doesn't turn up, obviously. But in the bit I done, the Sultan of Brunei knocks on my door. Mm-hmm. And I'm like crying, thinking that oh, I thought you wasn't going to come and that. 
Mm. And he says, I'm so, so sorry. He said, like, your mother sent me many, many pictures of you. And then he says, from looking at your pictures, they're meeting in real life. <laughs> you know, and then it's supposed to be a callback to the first other, to the first bit he said there. Yeah. The, about, about the comedian saying it. I did that bit there. But, but it still wasn't funny enough for a bit I would do, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, but yeah. That's it, that's I wouldn't it. want to do it now. No, but that's all right. That's I mean, that's the beginning, isn't it? That's it, man. you got to just... The, yeah. every, I think everyone starts off with storytelling, you know, at the very beginning, and they go, right, okay, I need, I need more punchlines per minute to kind of make it buoyant and keep it going, you know, and keep it flowing. Yeah, definitely, um, yeah. We say, now, now I, I ask this question every time I, I do this. Like, when you go up there, you know, as a, as a comic, what do you, like, see yourself as, like, you know, when you go approach the stage, you know? Do you have, like, a, you know, a model archetype you know i've had i say before on this on the show i've had people say that they're like a, a first support it technician but you could be anything you want you could be a, a mythical creature you could be who you like just whatever an entertainer but in your own words what do you see yourself as when like you're going up there as a performer or just you're ashley gorman but is there something underneath that you model what? yourself as well, I've, I've given up drinking for like three months now, but before I was always drunk. Mm. I've drunk 99% of the time. So I was like, just, just going up there as this, you know, like the drunk guy down the pub that right. has loads of anecdotal comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, let me tell you this one. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, where I've learned over the years, my stories are punchlines now mm. and callbacks and that, whereas like that salt and the brand yeah. stuff. When I was telling that before, it's, yeah, it's not even comedy at all. Yeah, so I was kind of more just like this drunk guy at a pub going up telling none of those. That's how I kind of was. But in my head, I thought I was like Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know that's I mean? it. Telling the truth, my... telling your truth, my friend. That's it. I'm, I'm yeah, being real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, in my head, I think I, I thought I was this Richard Pryor. I knew I wasn't Richard Pryor, but I wanted to be yeah. a English common version of Richard Pryor. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to be a Richard Pryor? It's great. It's, it was he is great. great. You know? yeah, it was great. Yeah. Especially when it comes to story and talking about real life. I mean, that's who I do kind of relate to the most because he talked about real life shit, you know, and he made it funny. And and a lot of my stuff is about real life shit. Up until before, I was like, you know, talking about I got arrested recently yeah. and stuff, drunk cycling, but it was actually drunk driving. But obviously, I tried this punchline drunk driving, holding. No, they don't like that. As soon yeah. as I said, I went to Top Secret Comedy Club, and if someone says, "What you done?" New material, top secret. I said, I always do new material. I go, it's fucking new material now. So I went there, but this this particular time I went there and I dropped, I said, I got arrested for the first time. You ain't going to believe what I got arrested for. And I said, and then I just said it, drunk yeah. cycling. And just that, just thinking because of the way I look as well, this yeah. fat guy being drunk cycling is something where people look and just think that's funny. Yeah. And then sometimes occasionally people don't laugh. And if they're not laughing, I'll follow it up with, you're not laughing because you don't believe I was cycling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I basically what I do. Yeah, that, I mean, I got, I got, uh, yeah. I got a drunk driving story as well, cyclist uh, comedy bit as well, about like you know, kind of in Dublin, I got pulled over uh, when I was cycling up Rathmines direction. Yeah, and it was all true though. Same, you know, and they're like, and the guard pulled me over and said, "Can you cycle in a straight line?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> obviously, obviously, I can't." <laughs> you know? But I tell you what, I fucking tried, man. I fucking tried my best. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting my driver license taken off me. Nope, didn't stop me. Didn't bother. Couldn't be bothered with the paperwork. It's fucking great. Um, but yeah, man, <laughs> same man. But all I've got a bit there now to chuck it in, man. It's good, man. This is it. Like you know, drunk cycling because I they do put they go you gotta go. Oh, I've got done for drunk driving on a bicycle and then like give it a bit of time in it but you know that's yeah. it. otherwise just pull them in and take them down then in terms of you as a, as a performer then you see yourself as a drunk guy down the pub or the the guy that's t t on on the on the 12 step program then now who's also doing yeah. comedy <laughs> yeah now i'll be kind of that guy the thing is i don't know why i did it drunk because 
I actually can't perform drunk. Whenever I see myself perform my, say, my tightest set, mm. if I see it sober, I think that's not that bad. That's all right. That's funny. I can yeah. see why people are laughing. When I'm drunk, I'm like, yeah, you're not doing it right. Your timing's off. Yeah. Like, I just deleted some videos today of myself online. Because you know what? I watched it back and I didn't notice it before. Probably when I was drunk when I watched it. I'm actually slurring my mm -hmm. words. Like The words aren't coming out how they should come out and the timing's off. But I feel like I'm back, you'll see a different comic, you know, like mm. a more... Faster, like you can like just yeah, keep the yeah. momentum going. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure, yeah. For sure, it slows, it slows the mind for sure. Yeah, one drink. Oh, 100%. Yeah, mm. some people can do it. Some mm. people can do it, but I just watch them suffer. I, I'm not one of them people. Yeah. Right in the sitcom Diamond, you're doing the, the film course at the moment. You've been doing acting as well, is that right? In like the last, because I've seen a couple of posts where you got like just went, hey, look, you messaged some guy about this part and this thing. And you got, like, as I say, just stuff just kind of seems to just happen. Like, you know, I mean, I know oh, yeah. there's stuff going underneath, but, you know, it just, I mean, I know social media is, is a fucking lie anyway, but it just, you yeah. just f seem to fall into it sometimes, you know, you just go, oh, look, do you want, I'm, you know, you said that you're a bad man actor, you said, uh, and, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. all right. Oh, that was, that's the one that, you know what, I can't remember the bloody name of it. I can't remember the name of his script. I'm trying to think of the name of it, but mm. I'm excited about working on that one. Mm. That's going to be fun. I can't remember the bloody name of it now, but like, um. Yeah, though, because what it was is uh, he was like, I need you to play this waste man, like, drug dealer, you know. He's funny, but he's a bit of a waste man drug. Basically, he was just describing me at the age of 25. Right. My friend Jason was like, did you tell him about your past like, when you went to Ireland? And I said, no, I said, no, I didn't tell him because I want him to think I'm a bad man actor. Like, yeah. I don't want him to know that he's going to be the most easiest role ever. <laughs> I'm just going to play, my, play myself like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's like this, it's just, just such an easy part. You yeah, know I, mean? I studied so play. hard for the role. It's like, I've just been up all night, just stressed about it. Like, you know, I've been drinking, yeah. I've been drinking. I just, I'm so worried. Like I'm, I can put, and then just smash it that's great i yeah. mean that's what it is it just all building connections for the next thing that hopefully they kind of yeah. start you know what i do you know i mean these guys approached me um, on instagram because they saw a short film that i did what i do if i see a movie is coming out yeah that i mm. like mm. or a tv show that i like or, or if i watch a tv show that i like and i want to be in it i will contact the producer <laughs> i'm crazy like that and or and then i I will slide in people's DMs on Instagram. Yes. You know, like I've met, a, I made a few connections and met people by doing that. Mm -hmm. So it does sound a bit far fetched, but you've got to be a go getter sometimes, Mate. man. If you want to do stuff, like don't be afraid to message. Like the other day, I, I won't say the name, but I, I, I messaged someone. They replied back to me. You know, like you think these people wouldn't. Yeah. You think they'd ignore it. It's just crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, don't ask, you don't get, man. That's what it is, well, right? I mean, ideally, what I want to do. It's not comedy. I'll always do. Mm. It'll always be a thing I do. I think now, like mm. even as a hobby kind of thing. But I'm not this guy that wants. I mean, I think everybody would love to do live with Apollo. But I'm saying that's not my be all and end all. What my real dream is is I want to get really into the screenwriting and not necessarily mm. in comedy. Like I want to, like I said, become a Jedi. That's why I'm studying it. I yeah. want to be able to. I want someone to like say if they're on series two of like whatever of a top show. I want them to be able to say, look, can you write the spec? And then they yeah. give me they give me the treatment, and I can go away and come back to you with like a banging script. Yeah, like that's the level that I want to get it. to at the moment. That's and it. I, I saw I'm reaching out to writers. Instagram's great for that. If it, if there's anything you want to do, like, and you want advice, like, don't be afraid to like 
message these people on Instagram and yeah. Facebook and Twitter because you know what you'll be surprised how many people that can relate to you because mm. they've been in your position because mm. sometimes it feels like when you're not in the industry in it it feels like you're kind of like you're outside a shop looking in a window and you see all these great things happening for people yeah. and you're just wondering oh, how can I get in there with yeah. them you know what I mean yeah. I mean I haven't had my I've got two three more years left of, of learning and even comedy but I'm mm. You know, like I only felt like it started coming together when the lockdown came. You know, yeah, I, I only just started. Get, I mean, that was after plugging away like three years of comedy. I, I didn't have punchlines for the first <laughs> for the first year and a bit. You know, <laughs> just sold it on it personality, just, mate. That's what it is. Yeah, like. personality, yeah. all premise. There was no yeah. punchlines, no callbacks, no toppers. You know, like I learned all that later. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I just felt like it's come together in March. So I still want to work on the comedy. That's something I want to do. Yeah. You know, like I just think the more, as they say, is it the more strings to your bow, the better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Damn right, something man. Like that. Yeah. Damn right. It all comes yeah. up together as well. I mean, the comedy helps you with your writing. Helps with you know you're just like kind of working a premise, and then all, and then you're doing this screenwriting stuff. Anything is. I love comedy, man. And just you know, it would be wonderful if we all kind of could play that massive room at the Apollo. But you know, there's sometimes you get opportunities. You got to take the opportunities you got. And then also the thing is like comedy is ephemeral you just goes you know you've done it it's gone like whereas you want something to be a legacy to stay there so you've got like what you want to put your name to something that's going to be long lasting what, what what did Ashley Gorman like what's he done instead comedy clubs great it was you know it was there yeah. for a while but you want something that's sort of like you know as a part of your legacy you can people go well yeah he, did, he wrote these scripts amazing films whatever it is you want to have a exactly. backlog <clears throat> of stuff a, you know catalog of stuff to kind of show people you know that's it yeah, I'm trying to, that's the other thing, I'm trying to get out of, like I was telling all my friends, like I'm trying to get out of the old promoting thing and stuff now. Right. I was saying, actually, to the truth, I, I was saying that I was going to get out of it. That was until I decided I was going to do a master's. Right. Now, I think you might see me hanging around doing a bit more because I'm going to mm. need some kind of income. Yeah, yeah. So you might see me doing more than what I was originally planning to do if you'd have asked me a month or so ago. So, because I think if I'm going to do a master's, I'm going to need some kind of income on the yeah. side because when you do the master's, at the moment, you get grants and stuff. Yeah. With the masters, you don't get the grants and right. stuff. So yeah, yeah, I'll need, need a lot more support. So That's yeah, it. you know, as you know yourself, you you run nights and stuff. It's great when it goes great, but yeah. it's a ball ache. And when you're doing it seven nights, nine shows a week, like right. we was doing at Fulham and South Kensington, it, it, it's a lot of aggravation, a lot of hassle. You know, like in right. the last place, Fulham, which we started Fulham on the 25th of July. 2020, yes. We was actually unofficially one of the first to get going again. You know, like us, Vauxhall and Frog and Bucket. Frog and Bucket yeah. In Manchester, that Manchester. Mm. We was outside on the roof terrace at first. Right. But yeah, we were getting that going and then we gradually was doing like, in the end we were doing six nights a week. We didn't do seven. We didn't used to open on Tuesdays. Slacking. But the thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, proper slacking. Good work, But like man. the thing is, they needed um, a minimum basket. Like we needed mm. really to be doing at least 500 quid. Yeah. So the pressure I was under at Fulham was crazy. That was another reason why I didn't want to. But we had like a nice outside sign and we had regular customers, you know what I mean? Regular punters. So it was going well, but I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I think mm. what's my guess off the top of my head, I reckon we're going to open again probably in May. And I've got a feeling it's not going to open for a while. Yeah. I reckon we'll be on the roof terrace, you know, back on the roof terrace and at least do like a few shows a week. At the moment, I'm in uni Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. So that's three nights a week, plus all the readings I'm doing, plus my own writing. I don't want to be driving myself mad with, you know, and then people were messaging you all the time about spots. I know you've got to do that. Everyone's yeah. got to 
to do that. But it's like, oh, it's just too much responsibility. So, yeah, I'll probably do a few nights a week is what I'm saying like, when we go back. I mean, it's hard enough to do your own admin for your own gigs. Like, I mean, you've got to oh, do like yeah. six nights a week, mate. I mean, honestly, I, I like the amount of effort and, and you've put into that, that those nights that you're running. It's great, man. It's great to see that club before everything kind of fucking froze. It, just to kind yeah. of get better and better, man. It was such a lovely night to play. Um, Like, you know, I, I, the one in Kensington, such a great crowd as well and hot crowds as well, man. Honestly, they're young crowd, really up for anything. The more dark stuff as well, which is great. You can just play, you know, some, you, know you have to go around the country sometimes, you know, playing to people that retired and like, it's fine. You got to do some stuff that works there too, but it's not the stuff that you sometimes want to get out, you know? It's like, I want to get this bit out, you know? It's like, there's you got to play for them. This is it. It was really, they were, I say, there's such a warm crowds, mate. Nice one. Power to you, man. It's great stuff. Um, so hopefully, May, mate, that's what the, the next thing is going to look into. You can do six nights a week or seven nights a week again. I think it'll just be, I think we're just going to do a few nights. Of, but it all, all right. comes down to, I don't own the lease. My friend owns the lease. The club name is mine. I've got a limited company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all mine. And the trading name's mine. Great. But the actual building lease is in a friend's mine's name. So we'll see what he wants to do. The other thing is as well, if Stamford Bridge is open again, they can do eighteen thousand pounds per game. We yeah. can't do eighteen thousand pounds per show for comedy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like so you've got to understand that we'll have to work around Chelsea Football Club fixtures. Yeah, yeah. You know? And not only that, it's a nightclub as well. So we'll also have to work around the nightclub. So yeah. but I mean I'm confident I could do a show like seven p.m. to eight thirty p.m. and then they can have all their parties and shows, and I'll still have it packed one hundred and fifty people if there's no social distancing or if it's social yeah, distancing yeah. people, you know. But great, yeah, man. so we'll make it work. We'll make it work. That's great, man. That's it. Well, uh, well, yeah, man. Well, I tell you, I say this. I think uh, I wish you good luck with the 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 film course, mate, and hopefully you'll be able to get some back pay because they're just fucking doing it on Zoom. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like with this this new sitcom you're writing, Diamond, mate, I wish you all the best with that. And hopefully I'll see you again in, like, in May when the things start thawing out and we all kind of start getting back to gigs again. Um, yeah, that's it, man. Dude, like, dude, thank you so much for your time. And where can we find you? Thank you. Um, I'm Ashley Gorman. That's the name on all, all my uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, a lot of them. It's just I'm Ashley Gorman, Twitter, all of them. It can be found in, like, the Fulham Comedy Club, or oh yeah, sorry, South Kensington. Well. Yeah, it's just Fulham Comedy Club now as well on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter. Mate, nice one. Yeah. Power to you, mate. Good work. Oh, mate. thanks a lot, mate. All right, I'll speak to you soon. And that was episode ninety-nine with the irrepressible Ashley Gorman. Go and find him on all the socials. Go and see him live. He runs two amazing nights, well attended and great fun to play. South Kensington at the Hoop and Toy and also Fulham Comedy Club. And that's in Fulham. <laughs> and he also runs his own bar now where he's got a dog, which I must go down and see how that guy's dog's doing. It's a cute little bulldog. I love bulldogs. I've met one called Pickle once, but this isn't the same dog, but they're lovely kind of dogs. And that's Ashley Gorman anyway. So go and check him out. In episode 99, and now, if you want to follow us, we're on Facebook. You can join the Comedy Defect Facebook group. You can like the page. And you can also follow me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, at Winter Dominus. You can also follow my stuff there to see what is happening with my journey with comedy, acting, voiceovers, and all that stuff too. And if you like this podcast enough and you want to donate, you can. Go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast, and donate as little or as much as you feel this podcast is worth. And if you can't donate, that's okay. Just tell your friends about your favorite episode because it tells people where we are and what we're up to. But that's all I'm going to say for this episode, really. But next month, we've got episode 100. 
with an excellent comedian. He is brilliant. He came down and opened for me at the Fisheries Wharf Cafe and ripped the doors, roof, walls off. He was great. It is the wonderful Ali Woods. That's for episode 100 at the end of July. And that's it for now. We'll speak to you next month.